I like to describe Weird Norfolk as a cabinet of curiosities containing forgotten folklore, paranormal experiences, odd places to visit, and just a, a real collection of interesting local history. I'm Shifra Connor and I'm the curator and researcher for Weird Norfolk. Fact, folklore, legend that relate to a whole manner of different things in the county, whether that be an artefact at Norwich Castle, whether that be an erratic stone left by a glacier. So I'm Stacia Briggs and I'm the writer for Weird Norfolk. On this week's podcast, we're live at the Arboretum and we're telling ghost stories. The stories that we're going to tell tonight were collected from the Weird Norfolk exhibition at the Forum. I don't know if anyone kind of made it down there. Um, that was part of the Heritage Open Days. And as part of that, we had um, a display on the wall with a big map and we were just asking people of Norfolk to share their experiences and we we had about 25 yeah. stories I think plus others told to us yeah and as when we were there people came up and told us some stories it was it was actually really really interesting and it was just really nice they're all really short you can see they're just on like we're not going to keep you here for hours with essay long stories or anything they're all just on little note cards but it's just really nice that they're people's experiences um and yeah. you know, you kind of get that when somebody tells you a ghost story, you get kind of goosebumps, and it's it's just it's just really lovely. And um, even some of the people who came kind of said to us they just wandered in, they kind of said, "I don't believe in any of this." This, you know, and then they'd say, "You know, it's not not for me." But this one thing did happen to me once when, and then they'd come up with something yeah, amazing, yeah. and they'd, so they'd say, like, "I don't believe in any of that." It's but, all you rubbish. Know. It's all rubbish. But this yeah. one time. <laughs> So we had happens. quite a few of those, yeah, didn't we? So that as well. was really cool. And you'd be surprised at the forum. There's quite a lot of people who've had um, experiences. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they kept coming in and telling us their experiences. In fact, Kathy, who works there, she um, she was setting. I think she was doing something around the exhibition, and they have a. There's obviously a locked door somewhere, and it was a proper heavy metal key. And she put it in the door, and she came back, and it was bent. And she was like, how, how did that even entirely happen? Bent yeah, entirely over. bent. And she had to, like, stand on it to, like, get it back straight. But she, she's got no... That's never happened before. It was a really solid key. She's got no idea how it happened. It was just really odd. Really, really strange. And there was one other thing, which you probably don't know that happened oh, on the last day... No, the day before the last day of the exhibition, is that we were... I don't know whether you went into there, but on the back wall we were, pro we were projecting East Somerton... Oh, the witch. The, the, the tree on yeah. the back... But on the last day when they switched it on, it was upside down. And there was no way, and the, 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 the projector has now gone off to the manufacturer because nobody can figure out why this thing's upside down. So we think the Witch of East Summerton <laughs> has gone off on an NEC projector yeah. somewhere. <laughs> Blimey. Um, so, yeah, we'll tell you these little stories that people left for us. Um, we'll just get through. The recordings are usually, to be fair, me and Stacia go on a little bit. So Richard's main job is to keep Shut us on up. track. Yeah. So if we're really boring you and you just want we, to raise if we've a flag gone off or track, yeah. yeah, just let us know because we are easily distracted, especially in a place like this when there's so much 
around to yeah catch i just eye. want to go and haggle for things really <laughs> so we'll rattle through it um yeah so we'll tell a few and then halfway through we'll just ask if anyone you know has anything that they'd like to share because there's nothing better than sharing your ghost stories do you want to start yeah so i'll start so this was actually the first one that we um we got on the day um yeah it was like the day we set up oh, no it must be the day after we set up anyway so the Madam Market Monk, Madam Market Theatre. My family and I went to the theatre to see a play. As everyone was going from the aisles to their seats, a monk, fully robed and as solid as you or I, walked through the entrance through to the back of the theatre. Nobody seemed to notice the monk, which seemed strange, as it wasn't something you saw every day. <laughs> Upon asking some people around who were looking in that general area, nobody but me saw him. So, see, that one gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Usually when we do these things, we get a new, don't we? So yeah. I think we need a new. <laughs> that just proves that you're all here, actually. Yeah. We're not just talking to ourselves. People are just think we're talking to ourselves. It's really embarrassing. <laughs> there are quite a few monk-based stories. Yeah, Monks are. are big in Norfolk. Uh, this isn't a monk. Is it a monk? Let's see. Um, this is from South Burlingham. And uh, time scale is, they've told us, many year ago. Um, my maternal grandmother and her son, Michael, were walking home in the dusk and came to a gate which they needed to pass through. Having gone through the gate, Michael, who was aged five or six at that time, said thank you. His mother asked why and he, why he said thank you. He said it was to that nice man who opened the gate for us. She looked back and there was nobody there. Both my grandmother and her son are dead now. But that, but that lovely but spooky story has always stayed with me and the rest of our family. Ooh. <laughs> Blimey. It'll be interesting to know if any of you guys have actually been to any of these places um, and maybe experienced anything. I think the madam... Like the, is. the way she suddenly throws in, they're both dead. <laughs> <laughs> Having just seen some kind of ghoul. Blimey. Oh, this is a really good one. So this is from someone I think might work at the forum. I don't know. It was early April 2013. Oh, I was no. sat in the living room with my daughter, waiting to leave for work. Half two rolled round quickly, and I said goodbye to my daughter. She was in the lounge watching The Wizard of Oz, a film which her nan, who had passed away not long before, gave her on DVD when she was younger. That afternoon, I received a video attachment from my daughter, she had been sending video messages to a friend. When I pressed play, the video showed my daughter talking to the camera when suddenly a hand appears from the bottom of the screen before vanishing behind her shoulder. My daughter was home alone and both of her hands were holding the phone. To this day, the figure of the hand remains a mystery despite many attempts to solve it. We saw this, didn't we? Oh we God, saw this we video. We saw the video. Honest, oh, see, oh. Yeah, it was so, it's horrible. So creepy, it was amazing. And we paused, like, you'd paused it, hadn't you, Richard? And then zoomed in on the hand. And it is a hand, but with really long fingers. And it's... Brownish, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's really strange because you can't figure out how someone could be sitting behind her. So, you know... And she's been on Skype talking yeah. for a while, hasn't she? And then suddenly it's, this thing looms behind her, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and just quite like horrible. comes down behind her. Yeah. And, and at the time, she was unaware. She didn't see it, did yeah, she? Yeah, no, she, they said her friend had, was like, oh, who's in the house with you? And she was like, oh, I'm on my own. And they were like, oh, are you, are you joking? Are you joking? And she's like, no, I'm on my own. They had a bit of a row about it, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. 
So um, he has said, hopefully, that we can get a copy of it, so we'll be able to share it. But yeah, it's it's really amazing. I've never seen such convincing kind of footage before because always before you think you can kind of explain it don't you and you're like oh yeah there must be something a shadow but this was a hand and he's quite quite he's not kind of a, a, the ghostly type is he no. he's no, not yeah no. he's almost one of them so that was like oh oh i'm sure it's something you yeah. know but just this, just, just this the dead spirit of her mum or whatever <laughs> so yeah, yeah that was a, a really really that was at east runton so um yeah hopefully we'll get the video for you all this one's fairly to the point. It says, um, I think, Dunstan Hall, evil on the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> a male apparition in the spa. Yep. And, um, and a frilly dressed thing in the ballroom. This one's a short one as well, actually. A black stagecoach and horses spotted along the road from Acle to Clipsby. Witnessed by myself and my husband, then it disappeared. But Acle's meant to be like that road is really haunted, isn't it? Bizarrely, the Acle Strait, which is the most dull of roads, is has got ghosts of hoy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's probably the most haunted road in Norfolk, like easily. So um, there's coaches. The people feel there's uh, that said, figure that people drive through, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, so like somebody steps into the road and people just end up driving through them, and then they obviously panic, and then they turn around and there's no one there. And then this kind of strange urge to break when there's nothing, there's nothing there. Yeah. So yeah, really interesting place. Um, That's yeah. the only interesting thing so, about, oh, <laughs> about oh, the Acle Strait. Don't know this from Acle, sorry. <laughs> Has no, any, anybody Acle. seen anything on the Acle Strait? Anything they shouldn't have seen? Maybe. Hmm? Oh, well. No. Not yet. Maybe yeah. it's not I then. I saw some goats. Some goats on there. Some goats. Is there not a llama on there as well? There used to be a llama. Yeah, a llama along there as well, but not a ghost llama, sadly. Um, okay, this is Castle Acre Priory. Um, it handy says at Castle Acre. Um, when I was 10 years old, I visited Castle Acre Priory with my school. While at the ruins, I heard what sounded like church bells and monks singing. At first it was music being played, but when I told my friends on the bus, they said, what church bells, what monks, I was the only one who had heard it. It was spooky. More monks. That was a good ooh one. <laughs> well, you don't like church bells, do you? No. You're fed up with church I bells. I am fed up of them, yeah. I'm fed up of them being drowned and being Very. heard, yeah, for years. I'm bored of it. Yeah. Is that, is that, that, your, is that your pet hate, church bells? It's the ones that have been drowned and then the sound they hit. You, they never don't ring at night. They always ring. Just You're never going to live near the sea, are you? No, for that <laughs> reason alone. Yeah. <clears throat> Talking of pet hates, you're not so fond of UFOs, are you? <laughs> the UFO man is here. <laughs> That's why I said it. <laughs> no, actually, I since like talking to you, Mark, that I am coming round to UFOs. I find them a lot more interesting than I used to. <laughs> I always found them interesting. I always found them interesting as well, yeah. <laughs> They're growing on me. I've seen the ghost of sheep digging herself out of a hole. <laughs> <laughs> you knew that though anyway, didn't you, before we started, so it's yeah. fine. But it's worth a listen to. The UFO podcast that we did was about three or four weeks yeah, ago, wasn't yeah. it? So yeah, it's worth listening to. Um, so yeah, sorry. See, I did say we'd get distracted. This is like how it goes. Um, 
So Heather said, this is like on two pieces of card, so it's quite a long one. Having moved into our present house in 2003, I noticed we had visitors. Not the mortal type, though. These were ghosts. Ooh, I'm already getting low. <laughs> our house is a 16th century cottage, and one evening I felt a presence of a small woman wearing a peach-coloured dress, full length, a white apron over the top, and white cap over curly hair. Well, to be more precise, hair ringlets. Fair. Oh, it's ringlets. Fair ringlets, anyway. I think. Two months later, another person appeared. He showed up on our staircase again t- to me, and only when I stepped on one particular stair. My husband thought I was mad. Oh. <laughs> However, although I don't know who these people are, an elderly lady who lived in our village told me about her sense of foreboding often, often visiting the house. Her great-uncle lived there. And she had seen the woman described here, and I did not tell her about my experience. Oh, it's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. had somebody come on our ghost walk, didn't we? Who, yeah. Who, um, or not a ghost walk, it's not a ghost walk, the weird Norfolk walk on the weird, weird side. Mm-hmm. And they told us about their, actually, their Horsford house, yeah. and, and they saw loads of stuff. Particularly the one that freaked me out was the ghost behind the telly. Exorcist, wasn't it? Yeah. A bit kind of... So they basically they bought the house, this cottage off someone they knew, um, and when they were having a look round, this person had a little, a, a human little boy, not a spirit little boy, wandering around, just to clarify. And they went in and they were like, "Oh, mummy, the person's behind the TV." Um, and the guy who was buying it was like, mm, okay. But they still bought, they went ahead and bought the house. He wouldn't, would you? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he still, like, he went ahead and bought the house. And um, they had a little boy. And the little boy, once they'd moved in, would often go and sit by ha- behind the TV and talk to someone. It was like, it was so, and obviously he wasn't at the house when they'd gone to look around it. So he had no knowledge. And he was only about five, five or six. Yeah. Because we asked the guy, the little boy who was now looked about like 18 or something was there on the the walk and he was like yeah I don't remember sitting behind the TV talking to anyone so he didn't even have any memory of it um but they had a few things didn't they they said um a lady who used to live in the house had a lot of cats oh yeah and she would keep the cats on strings um one single string I thought I don't know I thought it was lots of strings oh was it oh yeah. I thought it was one and anyway, they were all she kept the cats on the string or strings um, and she would like pull them back in when they went too far and things like this. And they were saying a lot of the hauntings in their house are very like low to the ground, and like it almost feels like a cat or, or some kind of animal or is skirts. moving around. Yeah, yeah, something's moving very low to the ground. Um, they've got a couple of dogs, and the dogs often kind of react as a dog would to a cat. And they have dog toys around, and they'll see the dog toys just kind of moving on their weird, own. The weirdest one, that Downton Abbey one they told. It was really nice yeah. talking to them, wasn't it? Actually? Yeah, they still like the house, though. Yeah, they still they love the house. They were like, you know, they don't get any negative energies in there. Nothing, although it's like sometimes a bit spooked by the ghost cats. They felt it, on the whole it was a positive energy there, so they were happy to stay. It didn't bother them. Yeah. So if you want to read one more, yep. and then we'll open it up if anyone's got any. This one's a bit off-putting because it says a colleague of mints, which I think, I think they mean mine. A colleague of all mints. A colleague of mine told me that one winter's night she was driving down the case to bypass. We're back there. When she saw a hooded figure in a monk's gown, she pulled over to take a look, and shortly after another driver pulled over, 
He said he had seen a monkish figure cross the bypass. They had a look round, but it was gone. Was it a ghost? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Ghost of mints. <laughs> First of all, does anybody live in a haunted house? Yes. Where's that you? Yeah. Oh, right. And you okay. don't know You don't know. I can see it stay here. Tell us. So we had this dog, retired racing greyhound, you know, like a nice dog. And she used to like howl all the time. We used to like howl together. <laughs> but um then she died, sadly. But then like our Hoover used to make the sound of her howl because she kind of lost her howl at the end of her life. And then the Hoover started making the sound. Wow, it's a ghost Hoover. Yeah, yeah, like a ghost Hoover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And does it continue, or have you changed the Hoover? The Hoover died too. <laughs> <laughs> does anything make the noise of the Hoover? <laughs> no, it's sad. I think I found it on a previous podcast. Um, it might have been the one where I stopped talking to you. But... <laughs> That there would be was, the Bigfoot um, one. There was a guy who, the guy who was doing the investigation, it was at Thetford Warren Lodge. Um, he, he does a lot of filming and stuff. And he, um, just before doing the filming at Thetford Warren Lodge, his cat passed away. Um, and he, he basically thought it had kind of attached itself to his camera. <coughs> and so every time the investigator comes on screen and talks, you hear this really loud purring noise on camera and then every time he's off camera the purring disappears so it's an interesting thing that like the, you know the sound of your dog has kind of attached itself to to the hoover and maybe it is something that actually happens that's just brilliant though yeah. really good <laughs> <laughs> really good anybody else anybody else come on <laughs> um i lived um uh, at alma terrace which is a small street that faces onto um, what was St. Augustine's swimming pool. Yeah, I know where you mean. And in fact, just before I, I moved out, um, everybody along the terrace had a letter from Anglia TV and they wanted to make a documentary about the hauntings of Alma Terrace, but I don't think they ever did. Um, but I lived there for 14 years and I'm incredibly OCD. And um, I remember one Christmas, I decorated the tree in the lounge and I'd then cleaned up and polished everywhere and I'd put coasters in exactly the right spot on, on the table, went through to the kitchen and heard various noises coming from the lounge. I went back and the coasters had all somehow moved off the table and were on the doormat. <laughs> so poltergeist activity. Um, and the Christmas tree lights had unplugged themselves. And I had one of those small... Um, uh, sort of desk toys that I don't think you can buy them now, one of those rocking horses, and that was moving. There was no no kind of, you know, breeze coming from anywhere, but it was moving quite vigorously, as though somebody had, you know, wow, knocked it. it. Um, but it turns out that, um, because we did have a, a, a priest come in um, to, to investigate. No, because everything was quite playful, and it turns out it was the spirit of a young... I think it was a young girl who had been killed um, during the war. The school that used to stand where the swimming pool was, which is now a, um, some shops, mm. uh, was bombed in the war. And this, this little girl lived in the house, but she was killed tragically um, when, when the school was bombed. So, yeah, but there, there are more sinister stories of Alma Terrace. 
but I won't talk about those now. But okay, well, one one very quick one. Um, so it was a hot summer's afternoon. It was a Sunday. Um, I was out in the front garden um, cutting the grass or, or doing something, and my next door neighbour's son-in-law came out of the house from uh, two doors down, um, and he'd been doing some work for the old lady that lived there. And he said to me, um, he said, I'm, 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 I feel a bit uneasy because um, the lady's just been telling me about some of the stuff that's going on in her house, some, some really weird stuff. And um, she, she often wakes up in the middle of the night with something pushing down on her, um, but with hand, and she feels hands around her throat. Um, and um, he said, I, it just makes me feel really, really weird. Anyway, he went in and had his Sunday lunch. And then when he went back, about an hour later, he came running out of the old lady's house and said, I don't believe it, she's dead. She's dead in her armchair and she's got her arms around her oh neck God. as though she's trying to pull somebody's hands away. Oh, that's a great one. And that really freaked everybody out. Yeah. But yeah. You moved shortly after this, I take it. <laughs> I did, yeah, into a, into a brand new house. Yes. And, um, which no spirits there? Bizarrely not, and and I understand it. Where where I moved to was built on an old burial ground, but nothing happened in the new place. Yeah. So. So, so when the priest came in, did you call the priest in, or was it that all of the tenants in that kind of set of buildings no, were like? I, I did. I yeah. Did it get better after the priest had gone? Um, well, I think so, but I moved probably a year after. Did you, did you mention it to the new tenants or? No. <laughs> Does anyone live on Alma Terrace? That would be amazing. Like... We live just around think... the corner which has just started to worry me. Yeah. We yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just bought a house. Have you? <laughs> yeah. It's a lovely area. <laughs> That's amazing stories. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's incredible. Yeah. Really, wow. It'd be interesting to do some research on that area, won't it? There's Just a little from somewhere where you were talking about... The, the Gilden Cross Bogey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... Mm. Yeah, which is... My mum lived... This, my, my, I shouldn't say it because she said I shouldn't tell that it's her and I've said it with it at all times. <laughs> but um, she was bombed out in that area. She lived in um, exactly where you're talking about and her house was obliterated and the only reason she survived was because she'd been taken for a walk by my nan... So everyone else who was there, as you say, was killed. Could be someone so, that your mum knew. Could be, yeah. Well, yeah, could be because she was four, I think, when it happened. So she was just starting school. Yeah, she could have been at school with her. Yeah. Alma Terrace must be well over 150, 160 years old now. Yeah, I think when I lived there, the house was on that area, and it is it is really interesting out yeah, there, isn't it? it? Is. Jousting and all sorts. Isn't there? Yeah, the camp ball, camp ball, where they just beat each other up, basically. Yeah. It's our favourite game of all <laughs> yeah. time, isn't it? It's kind of like the precursor to football, where you thought you played to the death <laughs> for days until you died. <clears throat> Anybody else? This person used to volunteer, so she used to volunteer at the Nelson Museum on Yarmouth famous historic key one night she had to lock up the rooms upstairs the rear room upstairs had two doors and had to be locked from the inside inside was a rocking horse which was a present from nelson to his daughter you know, you already know what's going to happen this <laughs> this particular night it rocked back and forth the windows were shut and it was all blocked out so there's no chance of a breeze she hurried out of the room but she could continually hear the horse rocking backwards and forwards. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, right. All oh, right, let's hear it. Let me get over there. It was a lady who I, uh, who I knew used to, used to work there for, uh, for a number of years. And she said, obviously, historic old hotel, whatever it was back in the day. But there was a story of a lady who was getting married there and was walking down the stairs in a wedding dress, fell down the stairs and unfortunately died a long time ago. And so <clears throat> you can often... This lady, she didn't see it, but she knew someone who had seen it, of the lady walking down the stairs in her dress and was often found stood um, kind of in their grand room as if she was waiting for her first dance that never happened. So that's kind of, it has Ooh. been, it has been seen at the maid's head, so. A bit of a Miss Havisham. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll just, I've got a couple more of these, so I'll, we'll go back into it if no one else has got anything that they want to share. Lingwood Junior School, 1990s. It was a warm summer evening and I was at Lingwood School doing parents' evening. After all the parents and children had left at about 6.30, my colleague went to... Oh, went to wash her hands, went to in, wash the her hands in the bathroom and heard the sound of children playing, but not the sound of modern children. It was children chanting and singing like Victorian times. We were the only two people in the building. Lingwood Junior. Mm, Does anybody not believe? Skeptical. Who's skeptical? Oh, let, let me ask you about that. So... So what would it take to convince you? Are you one of these people that I need to see it with my own eyes? <laughs> uh, I guess, so. yeah, it's kind of a non-story, isn't it? That, yeah, I've got nothing to share. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in Norfolk, but he does have a ghost story, I which d- is I've, interesting. Yeah, but it's Lincolnshire, so, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> I think Lincolnshire's probably weirder than Norfolk by long chalk. But when I was about two, um, I'd... See, this is quite personal, but I, I'd been toilet training, and I was, uh, you know, <laughs> very bravely went off by myself. But we lived in a like two hundred year old um, terraced house, and um, I was gone longer than my parents thought was probably to be expected. And when they sort of went to find where I'd got to, I was cowering under the sink in the bathroom and just saying that I was very scared of the man in the corner of the room. So it's something I've been told it. I have no memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, you remain skeptical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't explain it. But yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm trying to hear the most scary one we've been told, and I think it was the chap from Bury St Edmunds. Yeah, that's it. It's not Norfolk either. It is isn't. It? But it's but terrifying. It's, it's close by, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, there was. Um, I went to an event. And there was a chap there who was, I was actually hiding behind, wasn't I? Because I wanted to avoid somebody. And he was incredibly tall and incredibly wide. And he was a human shield to stop me seeing someone I didn't want to see. And, um, and so I'd done talking to him about his product, which he was showing. He was a, he's got a business in Suffolk. And we'd kind of exhausted that. And so we started talking about what I did. And I said, you know, you don't happen to have any ghost stories, do you? And it was, he went, well... Uh, and then um, he proceeded to tell me three absolute horrific ones, didn't he? Mm. Um, that are probably too unpleasant. Some of them, aren't they? No. 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 <laughs> Do you not think? No. no. Okay. Well, one of them. Well, I, won't, I won't tell them. I won't tell them all. One of them was that he was about thirteen or so, 
and he was at home. He lived in a, an incredibly old house in Bury St Edmunds, about 16th century, um, and he lived with his uh, two sisters. Um, I think there was another sister who'd left home, that's by the by, but anyway, two sisters, he was in the middle, and um, what his sister was, was um, partial to coming home late at night, and this was in the days of Open University, and she was hoping to go and study French. So she would annoy him on a regular basis by coming home um, late at night after doing her job and putting on Open University, and he would have to listen to uh, French conversation, and it would drive him mad. And um, so he came, one night he was in bed and um, he heard the room, you know, the usual, but he said it was much louder and it didn't appear to be... French, it appeared to be some other language, and he thought, for God's sake, is she going to learn anything else? You know, well, what have we gone to now? And so he kind of went to her door, banged on the door, and um, wouldn't answer. And it sounded like there were people having a massive row in, he thought, Belgian or Flemish or or something. And uh, he kept knocking. I was going, you know, turn it down, you know, we're trying to get to sleep. No answer. Finally goes in, total darkness, no television on, nothing, voice stops. Sorry, I just got distracted because the family that we were telling you about with them, yes. they've just walked in. Yes, with the house in Horsford. We've been talking about you. Yeah. You can tell it yourself. Yeah. Amazing. I hate to put you guys on the spot because <laughs> you've literally just walked in. Yeah. So, yeah, this was the family that we were saying about with um, who lived in the house with the candles. Um, I don't know if you could... Could you share your... Because, obviously, we've kind of told those stories, like, second-hand, you know, what it's like... Mm-hmm. So if you could tell your stories, that would be absolutely amazing. We live in a, uh, an old house. It's probably about 1760 or thereabouts, and it's part of. It's in Horsford. It's smack opposite the church on Church Street. Um, it's been renovated quite a lot, um, so it's. We reckon it's about 1740, 1760, according to um, the surveys we've had done. Um, when we moved, when I when we viewed the place. Uh, the son of the owner, the present owner, the vendor, said, it's haunted in there. There's a ghost. So you mentally return it, because if you're going to buy a house, you want to know what you're buying. Um, And we asked the vendor, and she said, no, there's no ghost here, but she's going to say that anyway, isn't she? And there's been odd things happening. We've seen things. Both sons have seen things. Cathy's felt something. I've seen things. Um, A mist alongside the TV... Um, between the beams, it was just hovering there. Didn't think any of it, and it, and it went. But you obviously want to know about the candle incident. <laughs> um, and this was myself. Now, Kath had, op- had lit some IKEA tea lights in those little glass red things, and she had four of them on the mantelpiece, and they were lit probably about two, three o'clock in the afternoon. And one was a dodgy burner, and it was burnt. The wick was a lot, and it was just not such a good flame as the others and after I don't know half an hour an hour of it it went out as it went out I said hey that's gone out I've got no problem with that and it immediately relit so okay as the engineering on the side of me says well that's oxygen back in there and it's relit and it's going on for a little longer burnt for a little while still a bit dodgy and it went and it died again and then immediately relit still haven't got a problem with that it was on Halloween evening, or Halloween oh, Eve. I forgot about this. Yeah, and it was a Sunday night. Uh, we'd watched Downton Abbey. Kath had gone to bed at 10 o'clock. And immediately following that on that evening was 
the site the, the League of Gentlemen people who do Psychoville House of Horror. Perhaps you remember it. I don't know. And as I remember the story, the <coughs> the main character of the story, who was uh, a lad who was probably about ten with a gang, went into this old psychiatric hospital or something, and then got caught by the matron, as I remember rightly. And they got a bit of a hiding, and they're ticking off, and they were told to, to scarper. By this time, all those candles are now dead. Okay. He revisits the place uh, as a youth, a young man, goes back and he's on his Todd, and he goes in there, and he goes into what was the matron's office, if you remember the story, I'm sure if you've seen the film, and the pa- as it left it, like some time ago, and he goes in there and he says, and this was about 10 to 11 because I looked at the clock, he said, if anybody's here, make yourself known. And that candle that had been out for about five or six hours, relit. <laughs> that is it. I'm so glad you guys came down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Magdalene Road. I've lived down Magdalene Road for a year, for a year and a half. My housemates and I have never believed in ghosts, but we have mutually agreed that there is a ghost who haunts the corner where our rooms join. The ghostly activity, example, noises, movement. What does that say? Has climaxed. Has at climaxed different... at different points of our occupancies. One day I woke from a night terror to my holy water vials on the floor with no logical reason. I'm not religious, just a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> we regularly hear tapping to which which we associate with a different presence downstairs. This presence will respond to us if we speak to it or rap back. I take it she means knock. <laughs> the ghosts are only malicious if we don't vocally say, go away, I don't want you here. Mm. <sighs> I wonder which one on Magdalen Road that is. Magdalen Road is big for yeah. ghosts, isn't it? That area, Silver Triangle. So, so it's only malicious if they say they don't want them there? So oh. if you ask them to go, they become malicious? When we've been doing the podcast, we get I get to find out so much about these two. One of my favourite things that I've learned was that Shifra has been asked to leave a seance twice yeah. by the ghost. <laughs> that, right? that did happen. That was one uh, when we were in, sorry, my friend Mel is here who I went on these ghost things with. Um, it was in Castle Mal, of the most <laughs> randomest places. And um, yeah, we'd, we were sitting, it's, it used to be like an ice cream shop at the top. I don't know if you remember it. It wasn't open for very long. And anyway, it was empty, and we went in, and um, that we were doing. It wasn't a Ouija board; it was the one you just have a glass on the table, and maybe have like yes and no, like on each side of the table. Anyway, so we, I had my finger on it along with everyone else, and it just kept like moving really far away from me, so I couldn't keep my finger on it. And the person who was kind of um, overseeing it asked the the spirit. Um, if it would like me to leave, and it said yes. So I was like, great, thanks. So rude. Yeah, I know. Isn't it? <laughs> so brilliant. Did you leave? No, I didn't, actually. I stayed. Did it say anything? <laughs> no. I know, to be fair, I stopped taking part in the... the I can't, what is it called when you put the glass, just the glass on the table? Has it got a particular name? Do you know the thing I mean, though? Do you say hokum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wasn't the one that gave cells to leave. <laughs> um, so if you, do you want to read one more? And then I'll read this last one because it's really cute. Yeah, I'm trying to work out where this is. Shack Lane in Blowfield? Is that yeah, right? Okay, brilliant. Um, walking along Shack Lane, can you guess what it's going to be? One afternoon, I heard a dog panting heavily. I, wa- I waited for it to come over the bank, but I saw nothing. I could hear the grass rustling where it came down the bank, and I felt warm breath on the back of my legs. I didn't look back, but I went home as fast as I could. I've never been on that road alone again. So just before I read this last little one, because <laughs> this one. is really cute. As anyone, because we're going to kind of finish up now, I think. So if anyone, oh, Amy's got one. So it's not just Brilliant. all my friends here. <laughs> I hope everyone around the corner can hear me. Um, so actually, Shifra, you may have been um, around for this one, actually. Um, I was at the Puppet Theatre. <laughs> I was at the Puppet Theatre a few, quite a few years ago now, and uh, there was a really smart sort of vintage um, event and it was really busy and we were all queuing for the toilets and um, in the girls toilets there are there are three cubicles and it was quite busy there was a big queue and there was a girl in front of me and she was waiting and someone came out of the middle cubicle she just walked out you know she didn't sort of run out and as she walked out the door of her cubicle completely slammed shut like someone had purposefully slammed it shut and we saw the lock lock in the door engage you know when it goes to red when you can see and the girl in front of me slowly turned around like in a horror film with her eyes wide open and looked at me (laughs) and we both made eye contact and she was her eyes were just wide open as to say did you just see that and I went did you just see what happened? And she's like, yeah. And so to get the door open, you know when you can try and kind of open the door from the outside by moving the lock? Do you see what I mean? So that's how we we got the door open. And there was obviously no one in there because we'd seen the girl walk out. Did you Um, go to the haunted loo? Yeah, do you know what? And a few few weeks later, I was doing some work there um, during the daytime when not many people were in. And um, I was out in the back, backstage, and I was like, and I was quite frightened, like, you know, <laughs> after that incident. And I was like, oh my goodness, there are no other toilets in this place. <laughs> I'm gonna, and I tell you what, I have never been so frightened doing a wee in my life. <laughs> but there was nothing to report that time. <laughs> Did you say it was a young girl? I, um, the woman who came out of the toilet was definitely alive, um, but the, the door, like I say, was shut and slammed very purposefully. The girl that walked out had made no contact, you know, with the door. She hadn't caught it with her dress or, or you know, m- you know, touched the door in any way. But, I mean, it's the fact that we both saw the lock lock yeah, yeah. as well, which was the, the very scary thing. Oh. I'm just curious because I, I did a ghost hunt there a few years ago and I, I remember, if, if memory serves me correctly, there are three nuns buried at the, the back of the puppet theatre and they haunt the puppet theatre and they, they don't like people being there. But I, I do think the puppet theatre's got a, a, a reputation for that sort of thing. It's, um, three, and obviously with all those puppets around. Yeah, <laughs> it couldn't get much more creepy, no, could it? <laughs> no more creepy. Yeah. Um, so I'll just read this last little one. 
and uh, then we'll, we'll finish up. So this is by Albert, aged four. I'm assuming he didn't write it himself, like the actual right thing on here. Very good writing. Once upon a time, there was a castle, and then the castle fell down, and then it was only f for bugs. But then a ghost and a wolf came, and that was the end. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming, everyone. We were worried nobody would be interested, so it was really good that you all came along, and I hope you enjoyed it. And it, was, it just really makes it hearing everybody's like stories. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> listening to this week's Weird Norfolk episode. You can find us every week in the Eastern Daily Press on page 13 of the Weekend Supplement. You can also find an archive of all of our stories at edp24.co.uk and if you're feeling social you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Weird Norfolk. Weird Norfolk podcast is a Richard Fair production for the Eastern Daily Press. We'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts and your weird stories. Just contact us at weirdnorfolk at archant.co.uk.